Fuck me, it's 2020 and this is the way. This is Rebels Without a Clue, our pop culture podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Brad and that's a fuck off intro. Hell yeah. That's brilliant. That's awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, so fucking welcome to the first episode of 2020. I know, I know. It's been- a while since yeah, we've last done look, one. We ha- we've been on hiatus since Christmas. Uh, we have, we yeah. have. Since I'd- we um had to review that train wreck jingle all the way. Oh, how's that still being spoken of? <laughs> how's that got 44 listens on it? I don't know. Who would opt to go, oh, that's jingle all the way. Let me click on that. Because we're funny, damn it. People know we would have torn it to shreds. That's why they listen to it. And we thoroughly did. Oh, yeah. Because there wasn't even content to talk about. It was kind of just a barrage of shit insults at it. And not to mention a bit of, it's turbo time. Uh, which, uh, not to mention, uh, Tony actually fucking made that his My message, Tony. message Tony, you fucking dropkick. Um, it keeps going off at work while I'm serving people. And I have to try not to react to it. <laughs> Oh, God. Just just out of the pocket. It's terrible time. If you oh, served God. me and that went off, I'd say, fuck your sale, and I'd walk out. <laughs> Even if I really needed whatever it was, I'd still bail on you because you don't deserve my service. Come on now. No, no, no. No, no. it's oh, associated with it's, Jingle All The oh, Way. Fuck off. It's the most horrific movie we've ever reviewed. No, it's not the most horrific. Well, what do you it's put not. up there? What do you put up there? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. You loved it. I f- I fucking hate that movie. It has begun. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Alright, it was a terrible movie. Um, do you want to give a thing out to if people haven't followed or subscribed? Oh, yeah. So, guys, if you haven't done so already, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Google Podcasts. <laughs> Castbox and and iTunes and yeah. majority pretty much any fucking platform yeah, you can find. Yeah, just a multitude of other podcast apps. Uh, you can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter Rebels Without a One, and Facebook Rebels Without a Clue podcast. Amazing! I'm surprised I still remembered all that. I know. Yeah, but you've done it how many times now? You've got to think we've been going well, since how- September 2018. Fuck. Yeah, okay. so it's been a while. So I've been saying it for over a year. Now. Yeah. Easily. Fucking hell. I know. Anyways. So, yeah. Let's kick into it. Well, let's kick in. I'm excited for this now, one. Now, I was spewing that we didn't get to do this before the break last year because it was one of the fucking the standout shows of 2019. I'm Dare I say it? You know, I will say it. The best TV, TV series. series of 2019. I wholeheartedly and agree. It came, and it snuck in at the end when we weren't expecting it and it fucking blew us away. Because do you know what it was? There was a lot of hype from the initial outset of going, oh, you know, Mandalorian this, Mandalorian that. Yeah. But I was like kind of skeptical because I'm not exactly the biggest Star Wars advocate. Like I've not always loved it beyond belief. Yeah. But I felt that this took it in a whole new direction. And for those who are playing, we're talking about The Mandalorian. Correct. Disney Plus exclusive. Yes. So, initially, when we had that proposal of, hey, let's do this, let's watch this, I was like, okay, you know, we'll do the gradual episode by episode, which you, I kind of like. You were a bit more hesitant than I was. I, I was, was looking forward was. to it from the get-go, obviously being a Star Wars fan. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was definitely looking forward to this a little bit more than you. Once, um, I, I think it would have been 15 minutes in, 
and it already captured me. Yeah. And for a series to do that, it usually takes me two or three episodes yeah, before no, I start finding grabbed, myself getting hooked. This kind of grabbed you from the get-go. Like, even just that opening scene in episode one when he walks into the bar on that ice planet. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Hoth. But that was fucking cool. Yes. It's just the whole scene walks in like a fucking- Basically a space cowboy. Very much what a fucking throwback name. to, like, kind of original Star Wars. Mm. That's how I felt. I don't know. For me, it felt more like- It felt like its own thing. It didn't feel like it was trying to connect to Star no, Wars. No, no, but- It felt like it was being its own thing. It went for more of, like, a- I guess what a Western would be like in space. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can like, see I'm like, that. This is fucking cool. But I think it was kind of just the fact that it wasn't so CGI'd. That's another thing I loved about it. That was it. a big thing for me. Not a lot of CGI, just places where it needed to be, it was, but yeah. everything else was proper, whether it be special effects makeup or puppetry or animatronics, whatever it may be. They did as much as they possibly could to not overdo it with CGI. And I think that's what made it look and fucking feel original. Yeah. And, and not to mention the fact that having an unlimited budget also helps. Oh, well, it wasn't unlimited. We did work it out. Yeah. Well, like 12 we million an episode. Yeah, 12 million an episode. But which that's is fucking ridiculous. That is extensive. But you know what? From what they you can produced, see. It, that, I would say that kind of content is worth 12 million an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Because you know what? The amount of money that that's made back tenfold oh. is, you know, it's, it doesn't matter the money you put in because I think they knew the content that they had yeah. was going to captivate audiences. Yeah. But I didn't think it, not to this extent, it produced this much of a cult following. Oh, yeah. And I'm, and it goes, to, like, it speaks volumes when they already announced that there's going to be a season two before the season one even finishes. Yeah. Like, and that's a big deal. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Right? Especially- Disney, I would have guessed, were testing the waters with the Star Wars series. Yeah. Especially their first one yeah. that they got under their belt in a live action sort of setting. That's a pretty big fucking call to make. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having the right people behind the helm was also a really significant factor look, at the success of that. Look, when you got someone who's as brilliant as John Favreau writing and producing the series- mm. Fuck, how can you really go wrong? And then you throw Taika Waititi in there, and it's just well, like, wow. funny well. you say that. He was only directing one episode. He only directed one. Yeah, but I still find the association of having someone like that also as part of a project, even if it is one episode, yeah. you still know it's got credentials. Yeah, because you had because Taika only did the last episode, yep. which you can tell it was him. Uh, oh, my God. Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard did Bryce one. Bryce Dallas Howard uh, directed the second last episode. Yeah. Then the two beforehand were Dave uh, Filoni. I'm not sure what he's done before, but awesome job. Uh, then Rick Fumi- uh, Fumuyiwa. Yeah, him. <laughs> that dude. And then Deborah Chow did the first two. And I think all like all directors here did a fucking fantastic job. I can't. I can't oh, not. so Dave Filoni has had a shitload in terms of Star Wars, Star Wars in the Wars past. Franchise, right. He's done okay. a lot of animated stuff. Which I mean if you're gonna get someone to direct this sort of shit, probably a good idea to have someone who's familiar with the Star Wars universe. Oh, 100%. Especially the setting that they've got it in, which is fantastic. Oh, uh, this speaks a lot to me now. Okay, this is that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rick Fum- Fumuyiwa. I can't say it. So, he directed the movie Dope and The Wood, which are two really, really big movies for me. Like, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed them. And it, he's got, like, a vintage feel to his directing. Yeah. So, Dope was done, like, kind of a setting in the 80s. Yep. And with that, it was kind of- I, I felt the nostalgic feel towards it. Yeah. Like, in terms of- it didn't look- 
modern. It's kind of like a paradox because it's modern yeah. in being a Star Wars setting, but had an old vintage feel to it for me. I wouldn't say modern. It was more futuristic, but still with an old school vibe. Yeah, that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what I was saying before with the whole feel of it being a space western, if you get me. Mm, mm. Because you get the old feel of it being it's a like an old cowboy western, but set in space and in the future, which is like, that's, I don't know. For me, that's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, in terms of the layout and the way the stories, what I really noticed each episode- kind of captivated you from the get-go. Yeah. Had a, an abundance of content. Yeah. And towards the end, you were hanging off waiting for that next episode. Oh, God, yeah. It was never an episode it made where it was it to- dull. It, it was torturous having them release one episode at a time. Yeah. Like one episode per week. Like, for fuck's sake. And I found it more enthralling in the sense of the storylines throughout each episode. mm kept me entrenched in the story. Yeah. Like, it was never like a Game of Thrones, for example, where there was really, like, dull moments. Yeah. Where it was just, you know, potentially, like, speaking content. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, this is dry. Yeah. Every sequence in each episode, you wanted to know more. Yeah, exactly right. And the characters, especially, um, what's the fucking Nick Nolte cunt? Oh, what was his name? Um, Quill. Uh, Quill. Quill. Quill, yeah. The fact that they have characters like that. I have spoken. Kind of suggests to me that they went for a, like, you know how I always talk about, you'll get a series, and if I'm not attached to characters from the get-go, I struggle to watch it. Yeah. Mando from the start yeah. was super cool. Yeah. So, that was straight away a given. Yeah. Um, what about Grief Cargo? Carl Weathers. Nah, look, I don't. I didn't really love him. didn't like his character. I didn't love him. Oh, look, maybe I, I thought maybe, it was necessary to yeah, have his character. It was character necessary to have that character. I was just losing my ship. I'm like, fuck, it's Apollo Creek. Mm. I was mm. fucking loving that. I just think of fucking Predator. Dylan, you son, son of a, a bitch. <laughs> that was good. What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. That was good. That was that was a solid grab. Yeah, even the fucking volume. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. It's no, good. good. Um. But yeah, so I found with the attachment to um, Quill, mm-hmm. Mando, mm-hmm. obviously the introduction of Baby Yoda. We're going to dedicate whoa, whoa, probably whoa, 10, 15 whoa, minutes whoa. to him, but I'm not going to get into him just yet. Gina Carano? Is that his Correct. name? Yeah. Carano? Yeah, yeah. She um, was fucking phenomenal. She's a boss. I fucking love her. Yes. She's great. So- I just love like, yeah, you could say the whole typical thing, she's hot and all that sort of shit, but just her act- like. Like, I'm not going to say she's the best actor out there. No, but she's a she's boss. she's not. Exactly. She's a fucking boss. Yeah. Like, and this is probably one of the best, or one of the best kind of strong female protagonists I've seen in a show and you know for what? a long time. This is exactly the, what point I was going to get on. She's a strong female character that mm. stands on her own. She yeah. didn't need, like, the backup or the support of any other male character nah. in that series. She if just- anything, she was the backup. Yeah, she was. She was bringing the fucking the support. She she was her own person. Cool, she literally was her How, own person. Yeah, she didn't need anybody. And she made it quite clear in the episode when she first appeared. She didn't need Mando. If anything, Mando went to her for help. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew how much of a boss she was. Yes. Like, that's fucking cool. Yes. And that's it kind cool. of established that when they have their little tussle scene. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Okay. So, she's got some props. If she's taken, you know, toe-to-toe with a Mandalorian, you know, she's got some fucking props about her. Yeah. 100%. Not to mention, let's we can't forget about IG Eleven, the bounty robot. So this is again, this is another ten minutes on fucking IG Eleven. Yeah, because there was yeah. a, a big development of 
how I felt about it at the start to how I felt about it at the end. Yeah, definitely. So you that that was a character that that made you sort of switch how you felt about him. Oh, wholeheartedly. Or it. Yeah, yeah. Because from the start, when with the introduction of it, I was like, oh god, this is kind of okay, and then. Soon as he pulled the gun out to Baby Yoda, yeah. I was like, "Fucking die!" Yeah. And when Mando shot him in the head, it was yeah, like, a massive was sense relief. of satisfaction. Like, oh, yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. He's dead. But then, kind of creeping towards the end. Oh well, no. Even in the middle, when you first see him come back at Quill's place to start to form as a nurse robot. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're still kind of unsure because uh, it kind of gave that vibe of. Oh, it could turn any minute now. Like yeah, it's- and that's what you always kind of had in the yeah, back of your head. Yeah, because I guess it's weird that they kind of made you think the same way that Mando was thinking. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, because you had that level of distrust with that kind- with that sort of character. With droids. Yeah. Because that's what, like, obviously at the start, there's this real apprehension with Mando about him having any association with droids. And I think that was kind of pointed out the first time yeah. when he goes to get the, like, supposed taxi. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't want one driven by a droid. No, no droids. Yeah. Which is very sort of, it's a, it's a, for me, I found it was the first time for a Star Wars franchise to make us feel that way about droids. Because most of the time with the Star Wars movies, they make you like droids and they make you feel like they're like a companion of some R2, sort. R2, C-3PO, those sorts of Yeah, exactly. Most of the robots are kind of like, they're just there. Yeah. You know? Um, look, in the prequels, like the episodes one, two, and three, where they have the drone army. Yeah. So like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But they're kind of silly, if you get me. Yeah, yeah. So you're still kind of like, ah, oh, whatever, the, the droids. But this one, it kind of made you- You were invested in the character. You were distrustful of droids yeah. in general. Like yes. You just didn't, didn't like them. And it's cool that they made you feel that way. Yeah, because it, it's kind of hard to convey that when it's not a human character. Hmm. But I think it was just the nursing and the way- uh, IP-11? Yeah, IG-11. IG-11. Like, nurtured baby Yoda oh. was kind of a tipping point for me. Yeah. And then you get towards the end of the series. And for those of you who haven't watched it yet, go watch it. If you don't want to hear any more, stop right now. Go watch it. Anyway, back to the point. Yeah. the the It's in the last- Was it the second last episode? Nah, last, the last episode. It's in the last episode when he fucking gets baby Yoda back off the troopers- and then after, storms the fucking town after the best on a bike. Um, exchange between the two troopers, though. Oh yeah, that was a great scene. That and trademark homage, homage to Taika Waititi. Yeah, and he did that on purpose. You can tell that's just his style. Yeah, and you knew that's what he was doing, which is brilliant. I, and I'm so glad he took the helm of that episode. Oh yeah, because definitely. that had such a different vibe to it from the other ones. And you know, I'm not surprised they gave IG11 such a scene like that scene as he was being voiced by Taika. Yeah, exactly. So, it's kind of cool. It adds to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that scene- And then he comes fucking flying through like the biggest fucking mag cunt. Fucking just speeds through the city, mowing down stormtrooper after stormtrooper. Yeah. Whilst and he just destroys- Whilst Whilst baby Yoda's and a baby Bjorn. Yeah. Just baby bomb, baby bomb. Yeah, just fucking, just hanging around there, having a laugh. Just while chilling. He's, while he's just massacring a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, IG-11 is definitely up there with probably and my favourite droid. And also, what a fitting end to that character. It was necessary. Yeah. It was absolutely necessary. Because, because- yeah, you, you ended up feeling attachment to the character. And then when it was its time to sort of sacrifice itself, you felt like sad about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it made sense with its robot protocol. Correct. Which is like, 
That's cool. And I like that there was that humanistic side to the exchange between Mando and IG-11 when he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't self-destruct. We need you. We need you. And it was kind of, that was the, you know, catalyst for Mando feeling a bit more comfortable and okay with droids. Yeah. So, again, you know, it was a depth of story to IG-11, which was, you know, unique. Now, I just want to touch on the, the Mandalorian's as I guess their race, a creed sort of thing, right? Which we find out it's a creed later on, yeah, right. But at the start, you feel like you kind of led to assume that it's a race, yes. Which it technically is, yeah, but it becomes more of a creed. Now, this is one of the first times where, because up until this point, you didn't get much of the Mandalorian sort of background or information about them. All you knew them from was Joba Fett and Boba Fett. Yeah. Right? You just knew them and that was pretty much it. But see, like you pointed out Joba Fett. I, I've only ever yeah. heard of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more Star Wars fans that would have an inkling of who Joba Fett was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it was cool that they kind of gave us a bit more of a background into these sort of characters, which were very rarely touched upon. Correct. Which was fucking, it was cool to find out their background and they were all fucking awesome. Especially yeah. when you see him, see Mando go into the den for the first time when yeah. they're all fucking congregating. Fuck. That was so cool. Amazing. And not to mention the the blacksmith lady. Yeah, the leader. She yeah. just commanded the scenes. Again, another strong female protagonist that wasn't overdone. Yes. And you know what I like? That it kind of gave these really strong female protagonist characters without overemphasizing the need to include a female protagonist. That it, and it not making just, them overly feminine. And they were just equal. You know what I mean? They were equal. Exactly. Yes. It wasn't like you're a woman, you're a man. It's just like you're the leader full stop. Yeah. Regardless of gender. Yeah. Like that's fucking cool. They kind of just catered for it without thinking about it. Yeah. Which is nice because I find now in all these new TV series, it doesn't matter what it is, there's kind of always this need to have some influential female character or a gay character. And I'm not against the idea of that. Yeah. But I find in cinema and TV series these days, there's just a need, like the whole Bond situation of putting a female Bond. Yeah. It's not a female. No. It's not James that. Bond, if it was Jamelia Bond, maybe. Yeah. And she was black and wore a suit. Yeah. Fine. But it's not. It's James Bond. So- it was nice that it was spoken without being spoken. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't thrown in your face. No, no. It so was just, it was part of it and props to the directors and the producers for doing it in such a fucking clean cut way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So fucking cool. Now, out of the like out of the Mandalorians that we saw in that sort of cave, yep. who was your favorite? The guy that Mando tussles with. So, the big dude with the The big dude. Because when- pa. In that town where he gets hauled down- by the yeah. bounty hunters, yeah. And then they come in on their jetpacks. And he just pops down with basically fucking Jesse Ventura from Predator. <laughs> he flies in, does his shit, and pulls out the Gatling. And I was just like, it's on. Yeah. It's on yeah, like it's Donkey on. Kong. Yeah. So, naturally- you know, you build a liking towards Mando in himself. Yeah. But then when you kind of see them all band together, it's just, oh. it adds this whole new, oh, you want to get, yeah, I want to be a fucking Mandalorian. Yeah, hell yeah. That was fucking awesome. So, who's then, yours? Same? No, I'm going to have to give it to the, to the leader, the blacksmith. The blacksmith. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, it's hard to pass. See, it's just I, so fucking cool. I, I didn't think in that sense because, like, I was weighing it up in the other characters of the Mandalorians, but- yeah. 
she in itself, I think she's just a badass on her own. Hell she doesn't yeah. even need to be categorized as yeah. a Mandalorian. Her character alone is fucking amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. So fucking cool. Oh, fuck. And then we get on to now, <laughs> you always know him as that stereotypical evil German sounding villain. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog. He's just such, he plays such a good villain. Who? Werner Herzog? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he just plays such a fucking cool villain. Werner Herzog. And <laughs> it's kind of stereotypical to make a German god leader of some, like... Re- regime. Regime. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. Let's not feed into fucking stereotypes. <laughs> well, they kind of did that. But they did with Werner Herzog. <laughs> My God. It's but, just a great name. You know, he fucking, look, he just made it... He just plays such a good villain because he's evil, conniving and just... But he does it in a way that's yeah. kind of cold, calculating, and really, like, subtle in his evilness. Yeah. Like, when he talks, he's got that accent that kind of, like, oh, you know he's a bad character. Yeah. Um, and I don't care. He could say, my mum's the nicest lady in the world. And yeah. I'd still interpret that as, you want to fucking murder her. <laughs> Probably slightly extreme in that a case. Little, a little bit. But it's a little extreme. He's just one of those characters. Yeah, definitely. Do we need to address Baby Yoda? I think we've prolonged it long enough. I know. It was always going to get to this it, point. It is the elephant in the room. It is. Baby. The smallest elephant in the room. Yoda. Holy shit. Could they have possibly made him any cuter than what he was? No. It was fucking ridiculous. With his overgrown little suit. Remember remember when I was saying to you when we were, when we were watching it, can they make this little shit any cuter? Yeah. Like, it, it's impossible. Yeah. It's so fucking cute. It's ridiculous. And I never thought that- Something so small and minuscule and minute in character. With no dialogue. With no dialogue could command such a presence through every single episode. Yeah. That's all you wanted to see was a glimpse of the baby. Yeah. And like that scene for me where uh, when they pick up um, the team to go and rescue the fuckhead from the Imperial ship. Yeah. And he's playing like hide and seek with him. (laughs) I was in hysterics because it's just the cutest moment of him trying to hide and then to have that whole moment of where he puts his hand up to stop the robot from shooting him and then Mando obviously shoots him and then he kind of stops and then looks, turns and looks at his hand. I was just (laughs) like, this is the greatest. For me, it was the scene where he keeps flicking the switch in the cockpit Yeah, yeah. and Mando's like turning it off. He'll turn it back on. Turns it off again. <laughs> or when he takes control of the ship. <laughs> and he looks so out of control, like, this is just pure joy for him. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, what? There was another scene. Or even the, the part, like, one, when Land- I'm sorry, Mando hands <laughs> oh, him over. Oh, my God. When Mando hands him over to, to, to Werner. Werner Herzog. When he hands him over. Yeah. And you just see him do that little turnaround and get like a little bit glassy eyes. Yeah. Like, oh, oh broke my. Th- there was a lot of devastating like, moments. Like even when they were punching him. Remember the two? Yeah. Oh. Bill Bailey, you piece of shit. I did not like that. No. At all. No. But that's worse than cruelty to animals. <laughs> oh, you don't ever touch Baby Yoda. No. But I, I never thought that. No one puts Baby in a corner. Literally, I never thought that they'd have or Baby Yoda would have such an impact. On, oh, what is... Tony's basically got a fly infestation in his wine. Yeah. It actually looks disgusting. Fucking disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, um, but, like, I couldn't believe 
I think it was literally after like the first episode of, you know, they were talk about Baby Yoda merchandise and t-shirts and oh, all this sort of straight shit. Straight off the bat. Everyone was frothing for it. And the funniest part was because it was kind of leading into Christmas, the amount of Baby Yoda merch that was emerging, I was like, they were wow. Try, they were trying to pump it out before Christmas and they yeah. were struggling even then. Yeah. Because they didn't think it would take off that much, but oh, grossly mistaken. But like even like you think about it, the Gremlins baby. Yeah. Cute as Mogwai. fuck. Mogwai. Cute as a button. But baby I'm Yoda's sorry, Yoda. but the mantle's been handed over to Baby Yoda now. Yep. Without yep. question. Definitely. Cutest character I've seen in a movie. Yep. Nothing comes close. Yep. You can be green and 90 years old or whatever you are, but 50. you are adorable. He was 50. Yeah. Yeah. But still, but even funny. old Yoda's cute. It was funny. You even found him cute when he was choking out um, uh, Cara Dune. Yeah. Yeah. He's even cute when you're looking at him there. Like, oh. And like that anguish on his face as he's doing it. Like, yeah. Like getting all angry and shit. Like, <laughs> look at him. Fuck. He is. Ridiculously what? cute. Yes. Yes. Like, it's fucked. And I think there's only so much we can constantly keep reiterating of how fucking cute it is. Yeah. If you literally have not watched it, you need to because I assure you it is well worth the watch just to see Baby Yoda throughout each episode. Yeah. But I just like the fact with this series as well that- you didn't even have to be a Star Wars fan to get on board and like this series. No, like, no. Like, you don't even have to know pretty much anything about the Star Wars You don't universe. need a backstory. Because pretty much everything that you need to know gets explained. Yeah. You don't need back context to know what's, what's going, going on, on yeah. which is great. And I- which means it makes it so much more accessible to people who really aren't into Star Wars or haven't gotten into it yet. And I think that's where, like, they were saying that when it was put on Disney+, Plus. Mm-hmm. There was like 10 million people in the first day that signed up a subscription purely for The Mandalorian. I'm not surprised. Um, and it's I think good. the point in what you were saying, I find like I'm not the most ad, you know, biggest advocate for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I never have been, but I've kind of taken off a new leaf now with Mandalorian. Yeah. Plainly for the fact that in the newer movies, when it's talk of the Republic and the Imperial people, whatever. Yeah. I get lost in it. There's a lot of talk um, and dialogue about how the parties are working and the impact they're having on the universe and all that sort of shit. And I get caught in the crossfire of just listening to shit I have no idea about. Yeah. But with this, I could come into it, watch it with fresh eyes and watch it for entertainment value, but still have a great grasp of the actual story. Yeah, exactly right. So when- you know, there's a slight mention of, you know, the Republic or whoever in this series. It doesn't overthrow the essence of what the story is about. Like, I like that they give kind of a backstory and a really good foundation for where the Mandalorians have come from, what their purpose is, and, you know, their devout sort of nature as bounty hunters. Um, this is the way. Say properly. This is the way. There we go. But what I'm really trying to get at is... You know, you know of Boba Fett and like kind of his backstory, and but they never really feed into that. In the, but the thing is, you don't, you don't really. What do you mean, Boba? You don't no, really no, know no. much about him at all. But you what know, I'm he's saying a bouncy is, hunter for that were, that was working for Jabba the Hutt, and that's. But I'm saying much as it. a character, like I, I've always known about Boba Fett. Yeah, you've known about him, correct? But you don't know not, what, not, what his story no, is or what no. it's about. But what I'm getting at is. The Mandalorians kind of give an expose on kind of the intentions, I suppose, of a bounty hunter and yeah. where that storyline comes from. Yeah. So I like that there's 
they've traced it back to the original lines of Boba Fett. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he is the original in my books of okay. yeah, that yeah. that arc of story. I felt it instead of sort of drawing on what Boba was about and how he operated and whatnot, I think it more showed the kind of the dramatic change that the Mandalorians went through after the fall of the Empire. And yeah, how they okay. changed from just being bounty hunters into more mercenaries, but depending on the job, like they sort of, you know, they had their own kind of, how would you put it, um, moral compass? Yeah. Or code. Yeah. Moral code. Yeah. Um, but I suppose with that as well, I think this is what I was getting at with like the kind of depth of story because- Yes, the there was intention of, you know, this is the way and staying true to the guild and all that sort of shit yeah. um, of being true bounty hunters. But throwing Baby Yoda in the mix, it kind of gave Mando just this whole new perspective on what he did. Yeah. And I just love the fact that they also kind of like, even though Mando made a decision that would usually go against what they would normally do. Yeah. They stuck by him either way. They didn't sort of go, hey, there what was are no you questions doing? asked. No, they just like went along with him. Like, all right. You're our brother. We do. We follow you. Yeah, and I think that was just kind of paid homage to the whole idea when he gets trapped in that ambush. Yeah, for them backing him up and saying, "You get out of here. We've got you covered." Also leading more towards when they look in the flashback of when Mando before he became a Mandalorian. Yeah, when his village got attacked, how how they were sort of acting in that sort of uprising. So true. So true. That's kind of like more speaking more volumes about their moral code. Yes. And I think you also kind of gauge that as well in the dialogue that he has with the blacksmith. Yeah. Because I feel like she's kind of the pinnacle of that moral code. Everything she says, she has purpose behind it. Yeah. And I think what was cool as well, when she's making the armor and stuff for Mando, you're like, "This this bitch is boss. Yeah. Um, and just how good she was at making it. Yeah. I was like, this is sick. And when he walked out with that new suit. That first time when he walks into the, into the tavern. Yeah. Oh with the my new God. Armor. Oh, oh my God. Badass. That was definitely a Dylan. You, you son of a bitch. bitch moment. Fuck yeah. That was so fucking cool. My Werner Herzog moment. Oh, what? Werner Herzog. Oh my God. I just get like saying it. Werner Herzog. You've got a problem. Werner Herzog. <laughs> but anyways. You know who we haven't touched on as much yet? Who? And who we need to touch on? Quill. Where, okay. Can I- uh, Before we even mention Quill, okay. can I just say my devout love for Nick Nolte? <laughs> I have- So, his early days of like- I think it was trading places with Eddie Murphy he was in. Yeah. I didn't like Nick Nolte as an actor back in the day. I feel like he always kind of did the same roles, did the same kind of attitude in movies. Yeah, he was always a prick. Yes. The movie that turned a leaf over for me with Nick Nolte was a movie called Warrior. Okay. um, With Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Right. And he plays this disgruntled dad um, who kind of fucked his kid up, his kids up at a a young age. And then you kind of see this broken man- and just, it was a whole new perspective on Nick Nolte. I was like, okay, so he's got versatility here. Yeah. And Quill's character is kind of exactly what I wanted out of Nick Nolte. Yeah. You know, there's this real inherent father paternal figure yeah. about him. Yeah. Everything he says, again, like the blacksmith, has purpose. Yeah. And what's he always followed up? I have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So it's a very Martin no, Luther no, King. I just loved how he used that as pretty much like the full stop on your sentence. Like, yeah, it's it. his period. That's it. That, like, this is this is what I'm saying, and this is how it is. And the best part I've is, spoken. it's kind of That's just a shutdown. It. Like, you can't really say anything else after that. Yeah, no. I have spoken, and it's like, uh, like, oh, I can't say anything else, can I? No, he's too important. Yeah, it's devastating when mm. he dies. Mm. And I love that he died protecting Baby Yoda. Yeah. Because it kind of stayed true to the essence of what the character was about. Yeah. Because you think about it, his whole kind of shtick as his character was all about the preservation of life. Yes. Yes. So, preservation. And what he did with IG-11 and- And um, those weird fucking- Half tadpole overgrown- Moon moon tadpole cows. Hang on. Moon? Why moon? I don't know. Space moon. Space tadpole cows then. In any other context, if you had just said that to me, I would have thought you'd been on mushrooms, like, hard. Yeah. Because that that's just fucked. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, yes, I get where you're going with that. But him as a character, mm. I think I was most attached to him. Like, I love Mando, but Mando doesn't show much emotion because it's just his character. Yeah. But Quill, you love him right from the get-go. Yeah. You really do. Because he played the stereotypical, I guess, Star Wars character of the wise old man. Because mm. in every Star Wars movie, there's always the wise old man. Obi-Wan? Yeah. Well, you had Obi-Wan in the new series. Yeah. Then you had Yoda. Yeah. Then in the newer movies, you had Qui-Gon Jinn. You it had- was always kind of just a mentor. Yeah. You always had some sort yeah. of mentor there to sort of like be, like, guess, that moral compass and guide. And I think, uh, like, interesting kind of perspective. Star Wars has always done- that character perfectly. Yeah. Like, I look at, like, you know, you've got Lord of the Rings, you've got Harry Potter, you've got all these kind of big trilogies and movies and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they have kind of mentor characters. Yeah. But Star Wars mentor characters are, like, exactly how you'd expect a mentor to be. Yeah. You know, like, teaching them the way, but learning the hard lessons at the same time. Yeah, exactly right. But there was this lovable factor about Quill. Oh, you son of a bitch. You done fucked it. You just broke your cigarette. Well done. For fuck's sake. (laughs) I hate my fucking life. A bit too emotional about Quill, I think. Oh, mate. (laughs) I'm going to ask Quill to reimburse me a pack of darts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Quill, can I have a pack of Parker and Simpson gold, please? You can't. Okay. You made me break it. I hope you, you I'm be- glad you died, you dumb cunt. Oh, could you be any more Aussie? Oh, what? Reimburse me for a pack, pack of, of darts. darts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was necessary, though. Fuck you, Quill. <laughs> Fuck you, Quill and Perma Herzog. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so Quill, amazing, amazing character. He is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Does what he needs to, holds the audience. Yeah. And in a way that when they build the team, so you've got Mando, you've got Quill, what's the girl's name? Uh, Cara Dune. Cara Dune and IG-11. Like, there is a sense of attachment to every single one of those characters. All in a different way. Yeah. But I like that they built it. Like, it wasn't just kind of, there's your team. Yeah. It was a gradual revealing throughout yeah, the series. Exactly. But it didn't feel like it was like a really long build. No, no. Um, and I they suppose- They all had their singular moments, which led them to like, okay, this is the team that we need. Thinking about it, if I pose the question to you, Go. do you think that they could have planned it any better in terms of having the amount of content that they did per episode? What do you mean? Like, 
I wouldn't have wanted to try to put any more little intricate storylines yeah, going through yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you on that. Because it kind I mean, of- the content that they had per episode was enough. Yeah. It didn't add so much as to make it overcomplicated. Yeah. They just had enough to keep it relevant and keep you interested without confusing you. But there's also a really interesting talking point that we haven't addressed yet. What? So, I think it's like kind of the- fifth episode or so mm. when he goes and helps that young apprentice guy wanting to become part of the guild. Yes, the uh the try hard Han Solo. Yeah, the fucking loser. Just a dirty Arab cunt. <laughs> He's part of the sand people. He's part of the those ones. It was cool to see the sand people again. Yeah. And those uh, midget cunts the glowing eyes. The Jawas. The yeah. Jawas. Can you imitate the way they sound? I don't I can't. Please, please. I can't. Uh, imitate the sand people then. You just did it. There you go. I just sound like I've had a stroke and my voice box just shit itself. That and it's like you've had that, but you're trying to um, impersonate Chewie. I know. I know. But it's hard to stray away because I find them two very similar in the way Mm. they talk. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Do a Chewie. Go. Chewie. 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 You sound like you were yawning. (laughs) It's a mixture of both. (laughs) You dickhead. But back onto my point. Yeah. There's a character- that stands over the lady he kills. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm getting at now. now. Yeah, yeah. So. I've got a feeling I know who it is. I, I, we I, have I'm our speculations. Thinking, just from what I've read on the net and what's to come in the second season, I've got a feeling I know who that was. And it's my favorite character. Yeah, Darth Maul. And if there's an addition of Darth Maul, and ideally the original guy that played Darth Maul. Yeah. To the second season, mm. could you imagine the traction that that series gets? I think it's get. I think this next season is going to get traction, regardless of whether you're using it or not. But I still think it's going to have such a more like oh grittiness to it. Maybe for you because of how much you like Darth Maul, mm. and I think people will kind of think the same way. But for people who are new into Star Wars and don't know who he is, I think it'll just give them a new sort of complex fill in to get their heads around. Yeah. And, like, you probably know more about it than I do, but, like, the Sith race. Yeah. Do you think it'd be cool to have the addition of more Sith characters in? No. No, I I think I don't want there to be too much, like, Sith and Jedi, like, sort of penetrating the story of the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, I think that's what made it so good with this one is that they didn't really focus- on that, it was just on the whole own- force and yeah, the dark no, they kind side of put it to the side. wayside. Yeah, it had its moments with the force with Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. but they didn't make it a primary focus. It was kind of they kind of teased it in a couple of episodes, yeah. and then sort of left it. Yeah, you know, they didn't sort of think more into it. Like, oh, what's what's this kid's power? Like, how can you do this? How can you do that? It's sort of like, okay, yeah, and then keep going. Yeah, you know, I don't want them to bring too much focus into. Jedi and Sith because then it's just going to turn into another Star Wars movie. It's like, well, that's what we got the Star Wars movies for. Yeah. I want this to be a separate thing where the whole thing between Jedi and Sith isn't a major focus. Yeah, okay. I want it to be, now that they've set it up, it needs to be more of the adventure of uh, Mando and Baby Yoda. Yeah, That's okay. what it pretty much is. It's yeah. their adventure. Yeah. And, and their journey together. And I think if they maintain the right directors yeah. and the producers- hmm. That it will never lose that essence of what well, it's I about. I hope not. Yeah. And I hope they do it in a way where I think I remember hearing about it with some, like, I guess, some of the wider lore of Star Wars where Darth Maul isn't so much a Sith anymore. It's more of like a- Rogue. Like a, no, more of like a, like a, I guess, a big gang mobster boss oh. of like a crime syndicate. Oh, I don't know if about like that. Yeah, no, because from, from what I remember hearing about it, it sounded pretty fucking cool. 
Well, I had And they so. did, and they did give you hints and sort of give you a taste, like a tease of it in Solo. In the oh solo yes, yes. Yeah. I uh, rehash for me. Um, so you kind of the so the chick Emily Clark played. Yeah. Um, in the end, you find out she was working for Darth Maul Syndicate all along. And that's she was right. reporting to Darth Maul. Yes, yes, I do remember now. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's cool. Yes, all right. Yeah, no, I'll so give you I that. I hope if they go more towards that sort of thing where it becomes more of like a big sort of crime syndicate is after you. Yeah. I think that makes more of an interesting story for this particular series as opposed to going just your stock standard dark side versus light side. Yeah. Like, we've had enough of that. Do this, you, this is time for something Do you know different. if this series filters into the movies in any way? Uh, or are they keeping it completely no, separate? No, it doesn't. Because, well, it sort of does, but it doesn't. Because the timeline of this one is set between after Return of the Jedi and before Force Awakens. Oh, so okay. In that sort of gap where we haven't really gotten much- We haven't gotten much storyline from this time period in any of the Star Wars media. Like, I can't think of anything. Yeah. That there's been this sort of content in the Star Wars universe. Okay. This has been the first time in that period, which, like, this is a very interesting take. So, because the way, like, if you think about it, you go back and watch Return of the Jedi, you see it and you think at the end, oh, yep. Empire's destroyed. Rebel, the Rebel Alliance has taken over. The universe wait, wait, goes wait. back to peace. the rebels. The rebels. The rebels. The, the rebels. bobby buckets and the rebels. Oh my god! I oh, know. So yeah, so you feel like they sort of leave it as it's like, oh yep, the rebels are in control now. Everything's everything's happy and sunshine and farts. But all right, right? so but what Mandalorian shows you is that no, it's not. It's not all happiness and everything's back to normal. There's still a lot of civil unrest. Yes. After the after the war. So okay, this is the repercussions of what's happened, and showing what's happened to majority of like the say the people from the empire. So, so with um, you know how there was talk of Knights of the Old Republic series. Yes, now that's a different story completely because that's okay. set before even before Phantom Menace. Oh, okay, that's cool, set cool. Before that, it's so like the old like again the Old Republic. Do you think that has potential to be a quality series? I hope so. So uh, what, a lot of the media. Where does that essentially come from? Mostly from the novels. Okay. And a lot of the background lore. Now, a lot of people who have played, well, for example, I think one of the major sort of influences for the for that is from the game, The Old Republic. Yeah. Now, a lot of people frothed that because of the content of the story and all these new, and all these characters that you never heard of being introduced and fucking like, well, this is fucking spastic. Yeah. So, I, I think it does have a lot of potential to be a fucking great series. All right, look. I th- it's going to be more, it's going to be different to Mandalorian because it's going to be, again- the thing that I wasn't wanting for Mandalorian, it's going to be more light side versus dark side. Yeah. You know, it's going to be more of the Jedi um, trying to combat the Sith's uprising. And I think now with what they've established with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that there is enough traction and they've built enough of a foundation now that if they were to do another series and they got the right directors and producers again, that it's going to have just as much success. I don't know, because you wouldn't want to do another series which is just, let's say, Mandalorian version 2. No, 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 no. You don't no, want no. it to I'm be the same thing. Keep away to from find it. find another direction or another, I guess, inspirational viewpoint to make a new series from. You wouldn't want the same shit again and again. If you you're, want something different. If you're, which I think w- this is why Mandalorian's done so well, because it is so different compared to everything Star Wars have seen Has touched today. in the past, yeah. Exactly. Um, if you were at the helm- of the Star Wars Empire right now. What character or story arc would you want to roll down? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, that's hard because, I mean, for me, I'd probably, maybe just because of 
if I'm more inclined that way, I would want to maybe do more of a series based on... The Wait, Grey- I know who you'd want to do it on. Werner Herzog. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, more based on the Grey Jedi. What the fuck is the Grey so Jedi? The grey Je- so, it's pretty simple when you think about it. They're just grey. Light side versus dark side. Oh, the grey middle. Grey Jedi, it's the true balance of the Force. Interesting. Right? Now, there are they're, they've hinted at in the Star Wars lore that there is... A sect of grey Jedi, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a balance cool. of both sides. Yeah, and okay. they kind of, I don't know they go by the beat of their own drum. You know, they sort of like they don't pick sides between light and dark. They just do what they think is the right, right at the time. Way. They just do what they think is the, the right way. Interesting, which is fucking cool. That has potential. Not to mention, they got advantages of both sides of the force. Which yeah. is fucking that's true. Baller. And I think as well with that, there's. A real potential, if they were to pursue that kind of line of thinking, a real depth of story to it. Oh, yeah. Like that whole, moral. why did he choose that? Why didn't he go this way? Like, it'd just be really interesting because usually, like, obviously Star Wars is very clear cut in terms of light and bad. Exactly, because it's always been good or bad, white and black. Yeah. It's never, there's never that kind of that middle ground. It's like you got to make a decision whether it's that'd break the mold. Something chronic, exactly. Because you think about it, some sometimes they might make the decision that we'd think like, oh, okay, I didn't expect them to go that route. Like that's a bit weird. Correct. Yeah. So that that is definitely a cool story arc mm. if they do it. Yeah, that's um, probably what I'd want to see. Which I was sort of hoping for. The current movie series. I thought they were going to go that route with uh, with Ray. How do you feel about the movie series? I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm it in got the same off to boat. A great start, and then it just nosedive. It fizzled like, now, hard. I can't speak for the series in t- in total because I still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but just from what I've heard, obviously it's been too long now that I've seen the spoilers. It's all like I'm just thinking, really. They went that way. Like, do you know what? I think they really did an injustice to Luke Skywalker. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Don't even get me started. That was abysmal. That pissed me the fuck off. Yeah. Because as a Star Wars fan, I've been waiting since Return of the Jedi to see Luke's badass moment. Yeah. Like to see him like at full power tearing, tearing Imperial soldiers apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You kind of get that. And then they take it away from you by him being a force ghost. Like, get fucked. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. It really- That really, that really fucking was a kick in the dick for for me. For such a pinnacle character and someone so pivotal to the Star Wars movies. Yeah. How do you do something like that and not expect repercussions from the audience? Yeah, exactly right. Um, So that was something that I I lost a lot of faith in with Star Wars for that very reason. Yeah. Because I feel like with the new movies- the first one, like I was telling Tony, I watched these on the plane when I was heading to the States. I watched The Force Awakens and what's the second one? Uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. The Force Awakens, I felt was quite good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Had a good story, kind of had a good foundation. Yeah. The Last Jedi can basically get fucked. Yeah. I thought it was pure garbage. Mm-hmm. Between the no. comedy that they tried to incorporate yeah. and the lack of substance to the story. And just- the one thing that shit me a lot about The Last Jedi is just all of a sudden things just happened in the storyline just because. Yeah, there was- There was no explanation for no. it. It's just like, yep, it's like this now. Like, wait, what? How the fuck did that happen? And like- No I th- explanation. I like, think- Fuck, what the fuck? You look at what Marvel's done right with all their movies and there was, there's this beautiful line 
of interconnectedness now. Yeah. Even between their TV series. Yeah. Star Wars has the potential to do that, but they've fucked themselves. Well, they've fucked themselves for this particular series. Yes. They got a chance with the next trilogy, because they are doing another trilogy. Yeah. They've got a potential to do it then, but- Do you know much about the new one? There's barely any news on it. Yeah, okay. Well, originally, the, the new three was supposed to be done by the guys who did Game of Thrones. Oh. Right? That's why they fucked up. Game of Thrones to get it finished, they could start working on Star Wars. Oh, okay. But they're not fucking themselves because they lost the contract. So, fuck you. Yeah. Good. I'm fucking happy they lost it. Piece of shit. Roman Herzog. Sorry. I just yeah. had to get it out. Oh, really? I think mm. you got a problem. Mm. You fuckers. But yeah, I just think that I don't know where the Star Wars universe is going to go after this. And but, I also uh, heard, like, with Rise of Skywalker, I heard that they catered it for the younger generation. Which is shit in itself. No, in a way where it's, for example, like, you know how kids have short attention spans? Correct. Right? It's catering to that. So, it's a scene jumper. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I don't have words for that. Like, like, when like when we're having that conversation with Ange on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, popcorn movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's what he was saying. I'm like, that's not what it's supposed to be. No. It, it pretty much, especially the last movie in the franchise is supposed to basically give you the ending of the story they've been building up for two movies and wrap it all up. Yeah. Like, give you a fucking great time while it's happening. And from what it sounds like, it didn't do it. Which, you know what? I'm not surprised. They should have just stuck to their guns and let J.J. Abrams direct all three. Should have left him to his vice. And I feel like there would have been a lot more continuity to the story. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because if you're having one director at the helm yeah. for a trilogy, obviously it's going to make more sense. 100%. For example. You think of the best trilogies of all time? Lord of the Rings. There you go, Peter Jackson, all three. If anyone else had to touch the second and third, yeah. it never ever would have been as iconic as it was. The Matrix, Wachowski Brothers, Tuh. all three. Oh, I, I, actually, can I? I'm going to chair. Yeah. I'm curious. Keep talking. About what? Don't throw me under but the yeah, bus. But um, well, yeah, what else? Uh, back to the, oh, I guess you could say Back to the Future. Robert Zemeckis yeah. did all three. Yeah, you just think of like all these like the best trilogies that we've seen. They're all done by the same fucking director. Yeah, that's like, true. You leave it at that. You don't fuck with it. It's got a good formula. You leave it with it. And again, John Wick. Yeah. The same director. Who? What's his name? Chad, Chad Stahleski. Okay. I can't fucking even say it. Right. Okay. But would you believe, this is interesting to note, that John Wick is now Keanu Reeves' most successful trilogy of movies. I'm not surprised. Compared to The Matrix. I'm not surprised. It's uh, You haven't watched one, have you? What? John Wick. Yeah, we did the episode on it. Was I here for that? Yeah. Bro, we have not done yeah, no. a John Wick episode. Yes, we have. Can you please have I, a look? I watched it for the episode. I have no recollection of watching John Wick with you. Oh, f- oh, it might have been me and Age then. Okay, well, whilst, I wasn't there. Whilst you were away again. <laughs> Fuck off. Could I be any saltier? I, yeah. I, John Wick is the tits. Yeah. But you haven't seen number two or three? No. Oh, my God. Parabellum, the third one. Yeah. There is so much killing. I've, I cannot believe it. So, I keep hearing. Yeah, the body count is next level. Right, okay. See, we got here. I really hope that there is, because you'd be tripping out if there wasn't. Oh, there is. is. John Wick. 35, thank you very much. Fuck. Okay, well, yeah, I wasn't here for that. That's why. No. Okay. You were in the United States of America. Definitely watch John Wick. Yeah, but look, back to Mandalorian. I said at the start of the episode, and I'm going to say it again, I think easily the best TV series of 2019. 
It goes without saying. Because you think about it, what else, like, took place last year that was any good? Well, Game of Thrones had the potential to do it, but that screwed the pooch. They had the potential to put themselves in the history books. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. Because, like, for me, Battle of the Bastards, you're just heading in the most perfect direction. Yeah, exactly. But season eight, yeah. abysmal. Yeah. What else was there last year as far as good TV series are concerned? Oh. What comes to mind? Yeah, but my taste of TV series is very vastly different. Yeah, but what what to you was a good series? Of last year? Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think. What were the TV series of last year? Hold on. I'll have a quick look. Yes, Baby Yoda is quality. All right, so the series that came out last year, yeah, Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, series called Fleabag. Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Watchmen. Nah, I haven't watched it. Apparently, it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, Stranger Things. Brilliant. The last season. Brilliant. The last Brilliant. season. Yeah. Uh, when They See Us. Haven't seen it. One. Uh, Chernobyl. Oh, my God. That was a good one. Oh, but my I God. Don't know if, but you know what? I, I haven't seen it, so. Bro. It, it's it's a lot more dialogue. It's a lot more like ugh, dark and very gritty. Yeah, but it's brilliant. I reckon if you were open to it, yeah, it'd be worth a watch. You also had The Witcher that came in last week, which we haven't done it yet. Yep. The Boys. Uh, I haven't was, watched it. Everyone was fucking raging on about the boys and how good. Ah, it was. good call, Black Mirror. Yeah, I was just I've only say that I've only done three Mirror. episodes, but I'm definitely keen to watch them with you. I can't think of any others that were... Oh, The Handmaiden's Tale. Uh, yeah. That got very popular. Uh, Peaky Blinders last season. Peaky Blinders was huge. Mm. But again, I, I, I'm not exactly the biggest firm advocate for period pieces. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I just think on the whole, as far as what a series like The Mandalorian was managed to do in such a short episode time space is phenomenal. Oh, and without for me, question. I still gonna, I'm still going to say, for me, I think it was the best series of 2020. It is, hands down. Yeah. So everything down to the cinematography, the score, the cast, the the writing, everything about it. Is there it, anything me, you didn't I like? I can't. That's the thing. There was not. I can't think of anything that I didn't like. And it was fucked because what it was what eight episodes? Yeah. That is ridiculous to have such a coherent and just perfectly written. Story, yeah. Because you think about all the great series that we've watched, yeah. There's always something that you can pick out, yeah. That ha- it's flawed, and with this, yeah, I did not get the slight inkling that there was anything remotely that didn't work. Yeah, I, I couldn't pick like when you ask character, me, story, cinematography, like you said, score, everything, yeah, just added to it. Yeah, it just I didn't feel like there was anything that I didn't like in the series. Like sure they had their filler episode. Yeah. But even But a then, necessary it like, episode. It was a necessary episode to yeah. build more to build the characters a bit more and not it sort of interfere with the storyline. Yeah. I yeah. think because that was the episode with uh with Bill Burt. Yeah. They that was, to get the break the guy out of the shit. Again, yeah, kind of irrelevant. Yeah, it was irrelevant, but it still built on I guess the on Mando's past. Yeah, and maybe more of an insight of the person he used to be. And like they didn't unnecessarily put stuff in there. It was kind of everything fed into Mando's backstory. Yeah. So regardless of what the other episodes did in terms of their synchronicity of the different story arcs, yeah. that one just still kind of fed into it, yeah. even in a subtle way. Oh. But yeah, the way Mando's character 
develops yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I can't fault it. I Not literally can't. They even gave us the kind of the little sort of ah, moment when you finally see him with his artist helmet on. True. True. Like, and again, that's a great droid moment. Yeah. I love that. They're so like, I'm not a living thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. That's cool. Good point. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. And then, this is the way. Oh, this is the way. You're the way. Oh. Tony's the way. Tony's a Mandalorian. Oh, I wish. I wish. You need, you need Could you imagine us? Oh, no, I was going to say, can you imagine us trying to fit in those suits? I'd look like a fucking keg. <laughs> <laughs> just plug in a fucking uh, tube, yeah. pump it out. Fucking, just, uh, hey, boys, want a drink? No, 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 but we wouldn't Instead get drinks. Instead of a flamethrower, it would just be beer. No, it'd be farts. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to be that kind of man. You are. Man. You're that Mandalorian. I know I am, but I don't want to be. No, well, regardless. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Anyways, I think um, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Very good. Yeah. Nice good. way to start back. Yeah. Nice way to start back for the new year Um, with- I guess more content to come in the for the rest of 2020. And if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addicts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and various other podcast apps. You can also follow us on our social medias on Re- Instagram Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter Rebels Without a One, and Facebook Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. Amazing. There you go. Good job. Yeah. There we go. Well, that was, First episode uh, of 2020. Uh, it was exciting. Yeah. Good stuff. It is good stuff. Well. Now, if people want to follow you personally. Oh, uh, well, it is Braddles2505. So, that's B-R-A-D-E-L-S-2505. That's on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. And you can also follow me on Snapchat at T-Boner18 and on Instagram at T-Boner80Figs. Yeah, that, I love that that it's name still, still hasn't changed. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. Brilliant. Alrighty. Well, until next time, guys. Fucking. Da, da.